Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Well, hey, as we kick off this series, I just want to share a little bit behind the name of the series, Dear Prudence. In 1968, the Beatles wrote one of their most loved hits, Dear Prudence, and it was a song about their friend named Prudence who lost her mind and lost her way. And what's so ironic is that it's not just that her name was Prudence, which name, that her name means wise and thoughtful. It's not just that she lost her way, but it's how she lost her way. She was on a trip with the Beatles. They all went to India to study Eastern meditation. And Prudence went thinking that this would lead her to enlightenment, to transcendental understanding. Really, for her, she thought she was doing the right thing, and this is how and where she would find meaning and purpose in her life. But in the end, that trip led to insanity, to horror, to panic attacks, and identity crisis. And it led the Beatles to write a song pleading for prudence to come back. And I really think that that um, kind of leads us to the question for this whole series that we're looking at, and it's this. How do I make sure that I don't end up somewhere I never intended to be? How do I make sure that the decisions I make in the day, the choices I make today, the, the way I'm living right now, they don't end up leading me to a place where I end up in financial ruin? How do I make sure that I, what I decide today doesn't really ruin my family, doesn't ruin my future or my marriage? How do I make sure that the decisions I make today, they really are leading me in the, in the right place? How do I know that this is the right career? How do I know that they're the right one, or she's the right one, or he's the right one. How do I know that, that really this is the right path for me? And I think a great question is, how do I make sure that I don't get to the end of my life, and all I see as I look back is this right here, regret, regret. How do I make sure that I don't end up so regretting the things that I've done and the person that I've become? That's really the heart of this series and the heart behind what we want to do. And the reason why I think that's such a great question is because I think God cares about that. I think God cares about you. God really wants to save you and save me and save all of us, our community, from a life of regret. But truly, God wants to do more than that. God wants to lead you, as Pastor Hannah already shared with us, God wants to lead you into a life of everything that he desires for you, everything that he made you for. And that's why there are entire documents, books, writings in the Bible that are dedicated to this whole idea of helping us head in the right direction. Here's something I know, and you probably know this. You may have even heard it. I'm pretty sure we've said it. But the decisions that you make determine the direction of your life. 
Last week I said that the decisions you make, they're connected. They're like, it's like every decision you make, it's like connected at the hip. It's not just a random decision, but it's, uh, it's connected step by step. Every decision we make is a, is a step. And that's why I think God inspired these books. I think that's why God wants to not just save us from regret, but really help us make sure that we're heading in the right direction. And one of the greatest books of wisdom really, is this, this book called Proverbs. If you've never heard of it, it's in the first half of the, of the Bible. Really, the first half of the Bible is the backstory to the main story, which is the life and the story and the promise of Jesus. But in Proverbs, it still has wisdom for you and me. It's 31 chapters. It's how we've broken it down. And out of those 31 chapters, there are over 800 little short Proverbs, I mean, that's why it's called that, but they're like pithy little sayings. Some of them are really memorable, things that just stick with you. And, and honestly, um, they're, they're so helpful to make sure we're heading in the right direction. And that really is what wisdom and prudence is all about. It's about heading in the right direction. It's not just uh, sayings of like Proverbs or sayings of wisdom or even just seeking wisdom or asking the question, what's the wise thing to do? You know, that question and these conversations that are brought up through these Proverbs, it's not just about what's right and what's wrong. It's not really addressing what's, what's, you know, what's black and what's white. Really, wisdom is there for the gray areas of life. You can think about wisdom this way. Wisdom's like a guardrail, and a guardrail, you know it, it doesn't really, it doesn't always explain the exact road you're supposed to take. All a guardrail is trying to do is save you from the ditch. I mean, it's just trying to say, hey, before you go somewhere that maybe you can't get back from, I just think it, you, should, you should hang out. You know, it's trying to keep you from really falling into the danger zone for anyone who watched Top Gun this week. So that's, that's where that came into my brain. But I, I think also the, the thing about a guardrail to take note of is a guardrail is not like a painted line on the road. Like there's painted lines and then there's rumble strips, or as my kids call it, when dad turns the base up. So that's, when, that's what's on the road. But a guardrail will light you up, right? Like you can go over the rumble strips, but the guardrail... It, it, it'll, it'll light you up. And, and the good thing about a guardrail is while it's so stiff and firm and it will light you up and it'll damage your car, hopefully it will save your life. And when it comes to the Proverbs that are here in this book, when it comes to these sayings, that's kind of the same intent. They, they might feel a little stiff or they might feel a little bit like they're in your face, but the point is they're, they're there to light up your conscience so that before you head into the ditch, maybe it has to change the way you think or it asks you to change the way you live, but really it's there to protect you from ending up somewhere you never intended to be. These proverbs and wisdom from God is there to keep you from the ditch of divorce. They're there to keep you from the ditch of addiction. They're there to keep you from the ditch of bankruptcy. That's the whole heart. And really what I'm hoping for you is I'm hoping that over the next four weeks, we're going to look at four simple Proverbs. They're simple enough to memorize. In fact, I want to challenge you. If you've never memorized scripture, maybe that's something you can do is just have one. We're going to hit one every week and you just lean into that and just every day just be putting that in your thoughts, in your mind. Memorize these scripture. They're simple enough to memorize. They're simple enough to understand and apply, but they are powerful enough to change your life. And that's what I really hope 
you receive. I really hope that you walk away from the next four weeks with us and you'll lean into this and really walk away seeing the power of God's wisdom directing what you do today so that where you end up tomorrow is everything you were designed to experience. And just one more thing for those of you in the room who maybe you're not a Jesus follower, maybe you know you're just you're kind of like you're kind of okay with your kids being in church, but for you, you you feel like you're past that. You don't need that. And if you're here, let me just say this: I think these proverbs uh, can really help you, even if you you don't want to buy into everything the Bible says, or you don't want to buy into everything about Jesus. But I just want to encourage you to lean in because I believe that God, if you apply what God says in these, if you really take these to heart, I believe it will help your life. I think it'll change your life, and you don't have to submit to everything to say yes to this. And so. Maybe that's a step you can take this week. And so I want to encourage you to lean in. In fact, I believe, and I'll put this on the table, if you lean in and apply these to your life, you will not regret it. See what I did there? Huh? It's good. So if that's good, say bueno. Awesome. Well, let's transition to what we're talking about today, the proverb we're looking at. And kind of to help us get thinking about this, I want to ask you another question this morning. Have you ever met someone that later you wish you'd never met. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it's unfortunate that that's just a universal experience. Let, maybe that's too personal for you, so let me ask it this way. Has your husband or your wife or your children ever met someone and you wish they'd never meet? Like, what do we have to do to get them out of our life, right? I mean, it's just, it's something we've all experienced. I think it just, we all have that. And what's kind of crazy, if you really think about your life and the things you've experienced, is that the people that you've met and the people I've met, the people we've met, they are connected to our greatest regret. And I don't know what your greatest regret is, but I know there's a lot of you, there was someone there with you, right? When that happened, or maybe you were alone in that moment of your greatest regret, but there was a relationship connected to it. And that relationship, you probably wouldn't call them your enemy. Maybe you do now, but you didn't then, you know? Because usually, if someone's already our enemy, our guard's already up with them. Like, we're not gonna do anything too crazy there. But usually, when it comes to those kind of relationships, we would call them or would have called them our friends people we trust. And so today, the conversation we're having is, how do we make wise decisions about our friends? Because just like your decisions determine the direction of your life, your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. You know that. Your friends, the people that you hang out with, the people that you're in the most consistent relationship with, people you run with, people you work with, people you work out with, people that are around you, uh, your friends, your associates, those that, that are just in your life on a constant basis, those friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. And your parents knew this. And that's why your parents were just one thing when it came to your friends. Put this up on the screen. They were paranoid, weren't they, about your friends? Like some of you, like there were houses you were allowed to play at, and then there were homes that watched Ninja Turtles, and that was just off limits for some of us. There were some of you that, you know, when certain friends were over, the hinges came off the bedroom. Uh, the door came off the hinges. Anybody else, like, have that experience? Um, I didn't mean we just didn't live without AC or doors, so that's just how it worked. Just, just joking. But my parents were hippies, so we'll talk about that later. Um, 
Some of you, your mom's read your journals. Is that true? Like your mom, anybody ever find your mom? It's because she loves you. It's because she's just paranoid about your friends. That's all it was. It was out of love. And, and then there's, you know, some of you that you just like, there was a, your parents just had to move. Like, we just got to get out of this neighborhood, out of this school, off this team. Like, I don't care what we've got to do. We've got to move. Like, we're just packing everything up and going to Kentucky or wherever. And that's something that's important. In fact, if there's one thing for you to know, it's this right here. No one moves to Kentucky unless there's someone you're trying to avoid. I just want to let you know that. I, I think it's from the Bible, so find it somewhere. But I think it's really important that, you know, our parents, when they do that kind of stuff, we just think they're crazy, right? And then here's what happened, that some of us, we grew up. And then, you know what happened to us? We became paranoid-er. Like, that's what happened to us. We, we be, and why do we become paranoid-er? You know, because of Who? Because you know you, like, and I know me, and I know my friends, and I was a pretty good kid, but like, still, I'm more paranoid than that, and, and, and you became more paranoid than that, and when I ask this question about, you know, the, the person that you've met and you might regret, some of you thought back to people, relationships that people you met in college, some of you thought back to people that you met in high school, it's just so crazy how much those relationships, those friendships can have so much influence on the trajectory and the direction and the quality of our life. In fact, the thing that makes friends so, and friendship really, friendship so marvelous, the, the whole thing about being so close to them in such close proximity to them, the thing that makes it so marvelous is the very thing that makes it so hazardous. And it's why your mom knows and you know, and I know that it's a good question to ask. How do I make wise decisions about my friends? Not just if you're in middle school, not just if you're in high school or in college, but for each one of us, how do we make wise decisions? And that's what we're talking about today. And before we hit that proverb, I do just want to address a little bit of pushback because and, and I'll do it right up front, and there's a reason, because as I get talking, as, as we kind of tease out this proverb we're going to look at, you may start kind of having a conversation with me in your head and say, Brandon, man, you sound awfully judgmental. Like, and it sounds like you're asking me to be judgmental too, and these are my friends, and I don't, I don't want to go there. And if that's what you start thinking, that's a valid concern, and so we should address it up front. And so what, I'm, what I just want to say this, but what this is about is not about being judgmental. This is about using good judgment, and there's a difference between the two. Being judgmental is when I make decisions about you, that when I set myself up as judge and when I start developing critical or maybe harsh conclusions about you and your character and your behavior and my expectations for you to change, that is being judgmental. But being or using good judgment is not about you, it's about me. And it's about making decisions based on my life, that in, in, in light of my past, and the things that I struggled with and the temptations that I was around and that I fell to and in light of my past relationships or in light of those things, in light of my present, in light of my present marriage, in light of my present situation, life stage, in light of our, our present financial uh, circumstances and, and situation, in light of my future and my future hopes and my future dreams and the future of my children and the future of my relationships, in light of all those things. 
we use good judgment to ask what's the wise thing to do. Judgment is when I make decisions and conclusions about you, but today it's not about that. Today is about me, and it's about you, and it's about each one of us asking this question. So if that's okay, we're going to look at this proverb. And it's one, it's really simple. We're going to tease it out. But I believe there some, are some incredible insights in this one scripture that you can pull out and that can really change the direction of your life if you lean into it. It's Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. And here's how we're going to start. It begins like this. It says, walk with the wise and you will automatically, without taking a test, Without, you know, filling out some kind of application, without doing any kind of work, we will automatically become wise. Wise. And the way that Proverbs and the Old Testament defines wisdom or the wise or the prudent is it's someone who lives like their life is connected. It's someone who, who lives like the dots connect, like the decisions I make, they are steps that are leading me in a certain direction, that my past is connected to my present, and those two things are somewhat of a predictor and an indicator of my future experience. Let me land on that word. <laughs> That's what someone who's wise is. And what's crazy is walk with the wise and you will become wise. In other words, it's just contagious. It just rubs off. And you and I, we get a choice in what we get to become and who we get to become. What's really interesting about this is if you've done any study and or read anything or heard anything about what neuroscientists say about the relationships we have with people we're around, that this is not just true spiritually, but this is actually true in our brains. Our brain waves, the more we're around someone, the more our brain waves actually start looking like theirs. Isn't that crazy to think about? And that's why we finish each other's sentences. That's why we dress the same, either that or because your, your spouse starts by your clothes but either way it's just like you just start getting in these grooves and it's not just true in your behavior something happens well before behavior it starts beginning in your brain isn't that crazy and here's what that's what this proverb that's what god knew and what he's leaning into right here walk with the wise and you will become wise but then there's a second half of it it begins with the word for or some translations you might have a bible that says the word but and that's because there's a contrast here Walk with the wise and become wise. For or but, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, you don't call people a fool, um, and I don't. I'm not allowed to. So, um, but that word fool is not something really to, that we call people today, but it has a very specific meaning, and it's just the best way we could translate that from the original language. But here's what the word fool meant in Proverbs. The fool was someone who just lived for today, just lived for the now. A fool or the simple was someone who just, they couldn't see, they didn't understand that what they were deciding today, that they didn't understand the influence. They didn't understand how it, would, it could impact the trajectory of where they would wake up tomorrow. They, they didn't see that. They just lived right here in the right now, they were just simple, and it was foolish, and it's kind of harsh, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And what's so interesting and what's so insightful about this Proverbs is, a proverb is not just what it says, but it's what it doesn't say. 
Let me read it to you again. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Okay, that makes sense. So you would think that the next part would say, for if you hang out with fools, you will become a fool. But it goes beyond that. It actually says something worse than that, right? It doesn't just say that, that you will become a fool. And while that may be true, if you hang out with fools, in fact, some neuroscientists today would say, yeah, that's what would happen. But still, well, it doesn't say that. It says that if just if you are a companion of fools, you will suffer harm. Here's what this proverb is really pointing to, and it's really challenging and questioning you, and it's challenging and questioning me. It's a matter of proximity. Proximity, how close you are to them. Because if you are close enough, when something bad happens to the fool, there's a really good chance that something bad could happen with you. And I know that some of you are thinking, yeah, but I don't do what they do. To which God would answer us and say, you don't have to. You just have to be close enough. You just have to be close enough to the fool. You just have to be close enough when their life explodes to catch the shrapnel. Walk with the wise and become wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. Think about that. And here's what I think God knows. And here's what's so important for you and I to just be honest about. And that's this. That friends who aren't careful with their lives, they won't be careful with your life. Friends who aren't careful with their health will not take concern to your health. Friends who are not careful with your marriage, they will not guard and protect and look out for the best of your marriage. Friends, friends who do not pay attention to their finances, they will not care about your finances. Friends who do not care about faith or put any time or attention into their faith, they will not guard or protect or encourage you to pursue anything when it comes to your faith and that side of your life. Friends who do not have any concern with their future, the last thing they're going to think about is your future. Walk with the wise and become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. This proverb really invites us to have some challenging decisions and have some honest conversations about who we surround ourselves with and what does it look like to make sure that the friendships that I surround myself with, that I'm intentional with them in such a way that they really lead me into all that God has for me, and I just want to lean into that before we get real practical today about what you can do. Listen, God cares so much about your relationships. We're going to look at that in a minute, but God cares. He cares, and this is not about him saying, man, just pull away. It's not about that. It's not about just, well, I just got to isolate and just protect myself and just be scared of you and scared of them, and you know, just that's not what this is about, but it does mean that you and I have to be careful when it comes to the matter of proximity. And who gets to be on the inside? And who gets to be the closest around us? And whose voice gets to be one of the loudest voices in our lives? Is that okay? And so I want to just finish today looking at three choices I think this really invites us into. Three relationship decisions 
that I want to challenge you to consider. And maybe you don't need to make all three, but maybe you need to make just one. We're going to look at these right here that I think this proverb really invites us to. Here's the first one. Well, let me say this before I go there because it's just going to, it might sting a little bit. It might feel a little stiff. It might feel like, Brandon, like there's, there's got to be more room than this, right? But remember, wisdom's like a guardrail. And it might be a little stiff. And it might be a little more rigid than a painted line. But hopefully it'll light up your conscience and it'll save your life. It might cause some inconvenience. It might inconvenience your schedule. It might inconvenience some of the things that, some of the conversations you've got to have. But hopefully when it comes to your future, when it comes to your family, when it comes to the things that matter most in your life and in your world, this might just be the guardrail that keeps you out of the ditch. Bueno? Bueno. So let's look at these three. Here's the first one. We'll just get it out of the way. Sometimes we have to sever I have to sever my dangerous relationships. And I believe that this, there's no question that this invites us to sever those dangerous relationships. And you may just be asking me or pushing back, like, well, how do I know which ones those are? Come on. You know. And I know. Come on, it's, it's those people that, that they just drag you into conversations and into thought patterns that are things you don't need to be talking about and you don't need to be thinking about. It's those people that just pull you into spaces emotionally, maybe even physically, emotional spaces and places that you don't need to go. It's those people, maybe it's that person at work, that flirtatious relationship you have. And you're married. And, and you may say, listen, we've just crossed some painted lines. Not a big deal. Like, it's just a little rumble strip. But you may not understand how close you are to the edge of destruction. And it may just be time to sever the relationship. Sever that dangerous relationship. Because God cares way too much. And your life matters way too much to be dancing that close to a ditch. We've got to learn sometimes to sever those. And as I said, this does not mean that we, we just absolutely pull away from every relationship. That's not what it means. But it does mean that there may be seasons. There may be times when I've got to pull away. I had a season. Some of you know my story and some of the addictions that I walked in. There was a season of my life that I, I literally moved in with another group of guys. I moved into a house uh, that was very safe. I moved into a house with a group of guys who knew what I struggled with, who knew my addictions, who knew my issues. It was all out on the table. Everything was there. Every, everybody knew everything it was all in the light. And I just had to walk away from some lifestyles. I had to walk away from some dreams. I had to walk away from some places I thought were great, Jesus-centered gospel opportunities. But my life was too close to the ditch to be a, a messenger for Jesus in that place. And I had to walk away. And I had to sever some of those relationships. And I know it. I know they've been good friends. And I, I know you care about them. But you have a heavenly father who cares so much more about them than you ever could. And he cares so much more about you. And maybe one of the most spiritual decisions you could ever make in your life is not just to read a bunch of books or to go to a bunch of classes or anything like that. Maybe it's this decision right here to choose to say no 
to some relationships that are too close to the edge of danger and destruction for you. We've got to sever our difficult relationships. But here's the second one, and it is just as important. In fact, if you do the first one without the second one, I, I'll just say this, and this is me, not God. I believe it'll put you in a worse place than when you started. And I believe there's people, I believe there's Christians, people who love Jesus and they intend it, but they make the first decision without making the second decision, and then they get mad at God. And then they get mad at the church. They get mad at other things because they feel like they're all alone. They feel like they're isolated. They feel like, man, their life is just, just kind of woe is me, and that's not at all the intent of what God has for you. This is the second intention. It's so important. If you're going to sever some dangerous decisions, here's the second thing. You have to initiate some intentional relationships. You have to initiate some intentional relationships. Here's what's so incredible about God and about the way God has designed your life and my life is that when it comes to your growth, when it comes to you reaching your potential, when it comes to your ability to experience fulfillment and to experience everything you were made for, God designed that to be accompanied, to be surrounded and, and happen through and in relationships. Man, God's plan for you to grow and for you to develop, his plan is through relationships. I love it. I mean, that, that's true, whether it's in areas of your freedom or areas of your purpose or areas of your mental health, areas of your healing from things in your past or getting set free from things in your past, all those things. And all that requires, God includes this heartbeat, this idea, this picture of you leaning into some relationships in order to find that. And, and if I can say that list I just mentioned and just kind of walked through earlier, I believe that we're the ones who kind of categorize and subdivide all those dynamics, but God doesn't. When it comes to God, every breath you take, every move you make, come on. I think I did that last week, right? It's just, it just, it should be scripture, but anyways, would have made things a lot easier. Thing. All right, so when it comes to your life, everything is sacred to God. There's no such thing as, you know, this part of my life, and God cares, God wants, you know, this in me. No, no, God wants to be intimately involved in every single aspect, every single part of who you are. Not because he's trying to get something from you, but because he has something for you. And the only way you can experience that is if you hand it all over to him. If you surrender it all to him, and when it comes to that kind of life, when it comes to really leaning in to that kind of relationship with God, it also includes leaning in to the relationships of his people. It's just what it's like. If you read the New Testament at all, it does not take you long to see that God's plan for your life, for the redemption and reconciliation and everything that he has for you, it intends, his intention is the relationships around you. They are so important. And that's why, that is why, man, we are so big. And it's why it's such a big thing for me that you find a small group of Christians, of people that you can live life with. And I'll say this, I don't really care about small groups. I really don't. I really care about you. And I care about your growth. 
And I care about what God wants to do for you. And I care that you don't just go through life spiritually and just think it's about a bunch of things to believe and not really experience that it's a bunch of things you get to do. You get to live out. You get to really embrace and it gets to transform who you are. And that's why I'm so big on small groups because those kinds of experiences you cannot experience just on a Sunday morning. I don't care how small the church is. I don't care how big the church is. Sundays do not create an environment for you to really take a mask off and to be known and to know and to develop meaningful relationships and walk with people who are wise, who are living their life. This has nothing to do with age. Isn't that beautiful? It has nothing to do with age. It has to do with the mentality of living my life like today matters. Come on, high schoolers, those of you who are getting ready to go to college, can I just speak to you? If you feel called into something in your future, you start living that out today. I had a buddy who felt called to be a pastor, and I told him when he was 19 years old, hung over my apartment, I kicked him out, actually. Um, I left that apartment. It's one of the ones that I had to sever. And I told him, I said, dude, if you feel called to do this, you better start living that call in today because your days are connected. I'm sorry, I just felt like I need to share that. If you feel called to something, if you already know what God's designed you to do, it's time to start living that out today. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you start. Can I say it on the other end? It does not matter how old you are because what God can do in your life, man, you could never do with 20, 40, 50, 60 years. What God could heal, what God could set you free from, he could do it in a moment. But it may just require you being intentional to develop some relationships. So let me lean into this with you. Here's just share a little bit of vision for Hannah and I and what we desire for new community. Here's our hope. Our hope is that new community becomes a church of small groups, not just with small groups. That everybody in here, you found your new community of three or four or six or eight other people who know you, who you feel like you can trust. And together, as you are pursuing Jesus together and his best in your life, man, there's just something that happens as you all continue to become wise and rub off on one another. And I just believe God wants to do that in you. And I believe God could do it if we said yes. And so I just want to invite you this summer, actually next Sunday, we kick off another kind of round of small groups. Many of our small groups meet all throughout the year, but we just have three times a year where we kind of open the on-ramps to them and say, hey, if you want to jump in, here, here's an opportunity. And so we've got, we've got over a dozen small groups. I can't say two dozen yet, but we will one day. We're, we've got over a dozen small groups. We've got all kinds of groups for, for all different life stages, all different opportunities. And for the summer, here's what it is. It's from June to August. It's nine weeks. Man, nine weeks, you're not signing up for the rest of your life. But I do want to challenge some of you to take this step and to try one. Next Sunday, we'll, right after service, we'll have some of our leaders out in the lobbies of both of our locations. And you can meet with them. You can hear about the group. You can sign up. Give them your email and just, just go. Just go a few times. Just try them out. Come on, just initiate. And I know it's uncomfortable. I know it might be stiff, but it may just be the guardrail, man, that saves 
your life. just want to invite you to take that step. Is that good? So we've got to sever some of our dangerous relationships. We've got to initiate some intentional ones that help us really walk towards wisdom. But here's the third thing we've got to do. We've got to engage. And I'm sorry, it should, this was a copy and paste error. We've got to engage our relationship with God. We've got to engage our relationship with God. We sang it this morning. And I love that it was in the prayers of Darrell, the prayers of Hannah. But man, if God is the same God of yesterday and today and forever, then God knows your past and God knows your present. Come on, Nuko. God knows your future. And if you're worried about the decisions you're making or about the destination that you're heading to, man, all you have to do is just put your life in the hands of a God who knows you and cares for you. He will take care of you. He will guide you. He will be a voice that leads you through every decision. He will shut doors nobody can open. And he will open doors everybody else said would never open for you. That's the kind of God you have. That's the kind of compassion he has towards your life. Man, and he wants, he wants so badly to be in every moment of your life. He said it this way to us in Revelations. He says, listen, I've been standing at the door of your heart. Doesn't matter how far you've run. Doesn't matter how long you've been running. I've been standing there the whole time, constantly knocking. And if anyone, anyone hears me calling and opens the door, he's got a promise. I will come in and I'll be with you and I'll walk with you. and You will never have to be alone again. With that, would you just bow your heads? I want to pray with you pray over you. God, I thank you so much. God, 3,000 years ago, you inspired a proverb that spoke to a, a need and addresses something that each one of us feel, attention each one of us understand. And God, I thank you that today you've just brought this conversation to the forefront of so many of us. It's, We've got graduates in the room who are at key transitions in their life. We've got others of us, Lord, that just, it's just a season, Lord, that we just needed to hear this once again. We needed to be reminded, God, maybe not just to sever some relationships, but really to take a step of trust, to take a step of faith, and to initiate some new ones. And Lord, you've given us wisdom. And so I ask right now, I ask that you would, Give us the courage to follow you, to say yes to you, to say yes to your goodwill and your purposes for our friendships and our relationships. And Lord, I pray for each one of us that this summer would be a season where we experience, God, a closeness with you. God, we invite you into every aspect and every space of our lives. We open the doors God, as people say yes to that, and as they surrender all of that to you, may you draw near to them. 
Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.